0: Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of fabulous vacations. I'm Paul Bresson.
1: And I'm Jason Neeling. And today our topic is my favorite topic of all, me.
0: (laughs) All right, we finally get to talk
1: about just you for a whole episode. This is going to be great. (laughs) So I recently came back to the U.S. from Japan. I did a two-week trip there, and we're going to be going over... My trip, kind of a, a recap, tell you all the awesome stuff that I saw that you could also see if you went to
0: Japan. Yeah, this should be fun. You have so many pictures that you haven't even been able to transfer them all to your computer yet. So yeah. I haven't even seen or heard about everything you've done yet. Yeah, I have something like, wait, what does it say
1: here? I have 2,503 pictures and videos <laughs> on my
0: phone. Oh, right. So let's start with picture number one, shall we? This is how we're going to do it. We're going through <laughs> <laughs> one by one, so we're through 2,500 pictures and videos. <laughs> yeah, this might be a long one. <laughs> uh, I Jason's just have my...
1: vacation part one of 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have my phone here just to remind me of uh, what it was that I did. I would be looking at my itinerary, but some things did not quite go as perfectly planned. Oh, no. Yeah. That's all right. It uh, it all went well, right? Yeah, it's part of the adventure, you know? We always got to be a little bit flexible. Did I say flexible? Ah, uh, you might have. Flexible. <laughs> got to be flexible, uh, even if... You're an obsessive planner like I am. Some stuff just doesn't always work out, you know? Weather changes and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's good to have a great outline, but you always just have to adjust as the days go by.
1: Yeah. So the first thing I did was fly to Japan. And I got to say, Delta has really stepped up their game. And we're not getting paid by Delta to say this or anything. I was just really impressed. It was the most comfortable international flight that I've had. You sit down, they give you a menu. There's actually a menu now. That lists out like all the meals that you're going to be having on your 12 whatever hour flight, and you're wow. you, know, you got your meal options and stuff. That's pretty, cool. Yeah, it was pretty nice. And there was an empty seat next to me, so I could throw some stuff in there.
0: Felt like I had plenty of space, you know. Yeah, that's funny because I just booked a flight on Delta today. Yeah, for well, next vacation. I hope their
1: domestic flights are as nice as their international ones. Me too. So I flew into Haneda Airport which we talked about in our airports
0: episode the ideal airport
1: yeah it was pretty ideal um i was actually flying out the next day from haneda to get to okinawa so did you remember to
0: walk outside the airport and take a look at it
1: no oh. i remembered that i was planning on doing that but you know when you show up you're all tired and stuff i just got on the train and got out to my hotel yeah
0: yeah go look at a picture it's it's cool it's a cool building yeah
1: um, so I stayed at a hotel pretty close to the airport. I just had that one night in Tokyo to do things before my flight the next day to Okinawa. So I did a couple things. One was I stopped at this ramen place not far from Haneda Airport called Nansute Ramen. And oh man, it was amazing. I'll show you the picture and you can
0: react into your microphone. Does that look wow. amazing or what? Wow, that is a full bowl of ramen. Yeah, Very green too. That kind of looks cool. I, I like that. Yeah they had this black garlic oil that they put in there that's like a
1: specialty of that
0: restaurant. Infused oils. Yes. So good. So good. So good. How many times did you eat ramen on this trip? Many. It was the first thing you went for. Yeah. First thing you went for. Was it the last thing you had to? Yeah. I believe it was.
1: (laughs) I had a ton of ramen on this trip. It's fast. It's easy. It's cheap. It's delicious. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I did that night was I stopped at a place that we have mentioned in episode two, <laughs> I think, really early on. In the Kanto episode, we talked about this place, Anata No Warehouse in Kawasaki. Yeah, the arcade. Yeah, it's this multi-level arcade modeled after Kowloon Walled City that was in Hong Kong and I actually, so I was kind of forced to go on this night because originally I had planned to go later in the trip, but they closed it down on November 17th. So I had to make sure I saw it before that.
0: It was your only chance to ever get there. Yeah. And it was awesome. I'm so glad I stopped there. You should explain what Kowloon Walled City was. Kowloon Walled
1: City was this community in Hong Kong where people basically squatted in like this big square area of tall buildings. And they kept building onto them. Uh, They wired their own electricity. Help me out here, Paul.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was like super cyberpunk. It was like a community outside of the city. The government had no control there. They did their own plumbing and electricity, and they governed themselves and policed themselves It was just a whole bunch of homeless people, mostly like without jobs.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it turned into a community where people like ran butcher shops out of their little section of this place. Yeah. Or like people set up, you know, eyeglass shops or.
0: They developed their own kind of self-government. They developed their own economy. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, almost like its own standalone city. It was. Yeah. And then eventually the authorities would and cleared everybody out because they're having too much fun.
1: But apparently when they were setting up this arcade, they looked at. Tons of pictures to see what it looked like. And they even took some of the materials from there and put it up in the arcade. So it's pretty authentic looking. in the
0: arcade, what's the aesthetic like?
1: You have the arcade games like you normally would at an arcade. But around that, the setting that those arcade games are placed into is very run down looking. But also very lived in kind of looking, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So like you look that. at the walls and it's just gross, you know? <laughs> like they look like they're 30 layers of paint and they're all peeling off and they're like flyers posted everywhere for prostitutes and stuff, or or different businesses, <laughs> oh, all wow. sorts of stuff. But at the same time, if you look up, there are like clotheslines hanging across this whole place with actual clothes pinned up there hanging to dry. And like, you look at this wall up there, there's like a balcony with a big sign over it that says some guy's optometry clinic or something like that. I I forget exactly, but it's really cool. It's just a really cool setting. That's awesome. Too bad they closed down, man.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's one of those unique things that like a lot of people had been to and heard of.
1: Yeah. So I was there just a few days before they closed it down permanently and it was pretty busy. I wonder how many people were there just to see it before it disappeared or if it was always I would think busy they normally. got
0: busier. Yeah. Like I wasn't planning to go to Japan and I just heard through the internet that it's closing down. Like it seemed like kind of a big deal that yeah. it was closing down. Yeah.
1: And there were a lot of people like Japanese people and foreigners standing outside taking pictures of the entrance and stuff everybody just wanted to document it before it went away you know yeah
0: yeah it's awesome you got in on that yeah
1: the rest of us never will that's okay Paul you can live vicariously <laughs> through my pictures I'm sure you took a couple hundred pictures yeah there are, there are a lot so let's see I went to bed after that because it was pretty late and okay. I was tired yeah the next day I got on a flight to Okinawa and you know it's funny Paul we've we've watched a show. Where like a class of school
0: kids flies to Okinawa, like as a school trip? Yeah, in high school and I think middle school too, they usually always take a class trip one year. And Okinawa seems to be a popular destination.
1: Yeah, well, there was a class doing a class trip to Okinawa (laughs) that happened to be on the same plane as me. How many was it? It was like a hundred kids? There were a lot of kids. Like 300 kids? (laughs) Like half the plane was filled up with these kids. (laughs) Oh, wow. They were in like the back section. They were all together in the back half of the plane yeah and i was kind of right in front of them, and it was funny i wonder how many of them had been on airplanes before because as the airplane started speeding up and when it took off they're all like screaming and stuff back there like they were going
0: crazy i bet a lot of them never had yeah did you talk to anyone there did you see like what school they were from or where they were from probably from no. tokyo maybe yeah i'm not sure all right i would assume since they
1: were at the tokyo airport they were from somewhere around there yeah that's cool So would you land uh, still
0: early in the morning or midday or whatever?
1: Yeah, it was still pretty early. Oh, and I did want to mention, I I thought it was pretty cool. On the airplane, they had little flip down screens. They didn't have the screens in the backs of every seat, you know? Okay, But they had ones flipping down from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And as we took off, they were displaying like what was beneath us. There's a camera on the bottom of the plane looking straight down. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I hadn't either. It was pretty cool.
0: How long was that flight? Okinawa uh, is a ways
1: south, right? Let's see. I have it right here. We left at 10.35 a.m., got there at 1.30 p.m. Okay. Three
0: hours. Yeah. Give or take. That's not too bad for a flight. But that lets you know, like, Japan's not that big. Okinawa's a ways south. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at a map, it is way down there. Surprisingly
1: far away from the rest of that Japan. That is the
0: tail end of the archipelago. Yeah.
1: Totally different climate. Feels like a very different place. Yeah. It's the tropics. Yeah. So I had a delicious bento on the plane. We nice, talked about good. what bentos are before. That's a good travel lunch. Mm-hmm. I got to my hostel. Oh, stayed at the hostel. I did. I private wanted to save room. a little money. I did get a private room, but it was a shared bathroom, but yeah, it was whatever. pretty comfortable. Cool. I didn't really have any problems there. Yeah, that's awesome. It was nice. And then I kind of just walked around Okinawa the rest of the day. I found this huge bridge that goes like up above the bay there. The place I was staying was right next to the water, right by the port. I found this bridge. I'm walking up this
0: bridge, and I just had some amazing views of the city. Really cool place. Nice. Um, I like the first day in a new city, like just walking around, like getting a feel for like what the city's like. Yeah, totally. It's nice to give yourself time to just wander around and explore a new place. Was it like what you'd expect from the tropics, or at least what I would? Kind of laid back. Everyone's kind of having a good time. Yeah, I think that's
1: really the feel I got there. Nice, It feels a lot like, yeah, just a laid back beach town kind of thing. Palm trees everywhere. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah wandered around, I found this shrine on a cliff. I saw your
0: picture of that right next to the ocean, dude. That was so beautiful.
1: Yeah, the shrine itself is really small and there's not a ton to see. But if you walk along that same bridge, actually, you can get some great pictures of it. Really cool views of that cliff and the shrine on top. Was the water really like that crystal blue color or was that like Instagram magic? No, no, no. Dude, for this trip, I'm amazed pulling these pictures up on my computer and seeing the completely unedited pictures. It totally is that blue. The water. If you've been anywhere in the tropics, probably there are a lot of little islands that have beaches that look like that. But yeah, to be there and look into this beautiful, bright blue water, super clear, pretty amazing.
0: Man, I would just want to jump right in.
1: Yeah, well, you could. I would. Let's see. I went to Japanese Garden, and you could buy these little packs of fish food and feed them to the koi in the pond. Okay. And this pond had more koi than I'd ever seen in any pond. Oh, wow. And you throw those pellets in there, they go crazy. (laughs) Seriously, like it was just a mass of fish crawling all over each other trying to get at that food. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Pretty intense.
0: Was there, other than like the massive amount of fish... Was there anything about the garden that was had an Okinawa feeling to it, or was different than other gardens you've been to?
1: Actually, you know, this one, so Okinawa has a lot of ties with China, right? Because it's really close to there. Yeah. And Okinawa was its own- Its uh, own kingdom for a long time, yeah, historically. Yeah, until like the mid-1800s. Yeah. So they have a lot of ties with China, and you could really see that influence in the garden there. All the buildings had a very Chinese-looking architecture and like ah, lanterns and stuff. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, but also a lot of the elements that we talked about in our gardens episode, you know, little waterfalls symbolizing huge waterfalls. And do you remember we talked about how turtles and cranes make appearances a lot in gardens? Yeah. I watch for those. And like every garden I went to on this trip, there was some reference to turtles and cranes. For like
0: good luck and longevity they represent. Yeah. Something like that. Check it out. There's a turtle. Oh, wow. That's nice. Cool turtle statue. Yeah. Wow. That one's beautiful. You got to check out our Instagram. Jason's slowly posting a, all the pictures he's taken. I got Man, a whole lot of them. He's got some cool ones.
1: So that was a pretty garden.
0: Oh, I actually saw some real turtles swimming around there too. They have like real turtles living in the garden? Yeah. That's in the, awesome. In the
1: pond. That's cool. Yep.
0: Remember we saw those like thousand turtles in that pond? I think that's a summer? slight exaggeration. Thousand <laughs>
1: turtles. Maybe closer to like 20 or something. Turtles
0: as far as the eye could see. <laughs> yeah. A pond with no water, just turtles all it the way have down. Must been mating season or something. Like every turtle from the block was in this little corner of the pond we were watching. Yeah, they were having a little turtle party. <laughs> yeah, party. A certain type of party that
1: <laughs> maybe not appropriate for the podcast. A little procreation party. It's a very scientific way of putting it. So I went to Kokusai-dori, which is kind of the main strip in Naha, Okinawa. Naha is the capital, as the city where I was. Okay. And mm. walking down the street, looking at all these tourist shops, and I walk into this one. It's got local Okinawa stuff, and I got something called Ryukyu Bubble. Ryukyu is uh, a group of islands of which Okinawa is a part, and uh, so I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's like a local soda company. I'll try that out. I didn't look too closely at the label. I'm just, oh, Ryukyu bubble, like a cola sort of thing, right? Yeah. And I drink a bunch of it, and I'm like, something's different about this. It tastes like cola, but there's something else in there. So I look closely at the label. Stuff's alcoholic. I had no idea. (laughs) Was this like after you finished? No, I was probably a third of the way through, and I'm like. (laughs) How much alcohol was in there? See, I have it here. What does it say? Five percent? Five percent, all right. Yeah, You know, not a ton, but. Enough that it was noticeable. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I started drinking, so I better keep drinking.
0: It's weird getting buzzed when, like, you don't know you're drinking. (laughs) That'd be weird.
1: Yeah. It was a little weird, but I I was okay with it. You're on vacation. Yeah. So I continued walking down that street, and there's some interesting stuff in those souvenir shops in Okinawa. They have uh, something all over the place called habushu. We talked in our alcohol episode about how shu, shu is just alcohol, right? Sort of alcoholic drink. And habu is a poisonous snake closely related to the diamondback rattlesnake. So this stuff is uh, an alcoholic drink with the snake in it. And like the snake actually, in the bottle? Yeah. They have jars of this stuff with a snake coiled in the bottom of it, and it's got its mouth open with those fangs sticking out like in a striking pose. Like the whole snake? The
0: whole snake. Oh, wow. So that's not in like a normal bottle. That's like an extra wide bottle with a bigger top than the normal alcohol bottle. Yeah. I saw them in different
1: types of containers, but...
0: That's crazy they freeze it with its mouth open like that.
1: Yeah, there's a somewhat disturbing way that they do that. I bet there is. Those
0: poor snakes.
1: Yeah. Those poor poisonous snakes. Yep. (laughs) So you can read about that if you want. I won't go into the details, but interesting stuff. I tasted some, not too bad. Okay, okay. They put a little poison in the booze? Well, they put the snake in there and the poison is in the snake, but apparently the alcohol neutralizes the poison. Ah,
0: okay. All right. They don't combine for one awesome, uh, (laughs) drunk No. (laughs) If they did, you would probably die. Well, you just have to level it out, right? Just like the puffer fish, right? What? That's not how the puffer fish works. (laughs) (laughs) You get any of that poison in you, you're pretty close to death.
1: So let's see. I stopped at a restaurant. They had this big set of nine dishes, a bunch of different Okinawan specialties, because I wanted to try the local food, of course. So it was like a nine-course meal? No, it was more like uh, really small dishes, and they just bring them all out at once. You know what I mean?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Standard Japanese meal where they just give you a whole bunch of side dishes. Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah. You going to try try so many different flavors and stuff.
1: Yeah, that was where I tried that snake drink. Okay, okay. And some other interesting stuff. They had this pork belly with, I think it's like a peanut-based sauce. They had some tofu with little fishies on top. They had champuru, which is like a stir-fry sort of thing. That's an Okinawan specialty. A lot of good stuff. And then I continued walking down that street, and I stumbled across a bar. And if you've ever been to Okinawa, you've definitely heard of Orion Beer, because it's everywhere. It's an Okinawan beer. They're very proud of it, apparently, and they serve it everywhere. I was like, oh, I'm just going to stop in this bar and have a Orion beer. And then I made a bunch of friends and I sat there drinking all night long. I met an Osaka businessman. He worked for a travel agency and he was in Okinawa giving some people a tour, like escorting them. Um, I met a local Okinawan guy that was really cool. He had pretty decent English and he taught me some Okinawan words.
0: And as you're meeting all these new people, everyone keeps buying you drinks, huh? Yeah. That happened. <laughs> Everyone, you know, got to buy a drink for the foreign guy, show him what's up, show him how yeah. nice we are. I reciprocated. I didn't nice, let everybody just buy me nice, a drink. Nice. I bet the bartenders were having a good night.
1: Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I think everybody was having a good time. That's cool. Yeah. Well, man, we're at like 20 minutes right now and we're, we're still, we're still through on the day one. first day at Okinawa. Yeah. <laughs> I should, I'll try to move it along a little quicker. Okay, the next day, so you've heard of the Battle of Okinawa, right? Ah uh, yes, yeah, the u s military came and uh attacked Okinawa and won and there is this military base in Naha that you can visit. They have all these underground tunnels, basically once Shuri Castle fell to the Americans, the Japanese retreated to this base and they all hid underground basically in these tunnels, and it is crazy they're you know they're preserved just as they were on the final day of that battle when everybody in the tunnels committed suicide, basically. Wow. There's a room where you can see all the holes in the wall from the grenade that they used to kill themselves. Oh, wow. It's heavy. Wow. It's a very... You that know, whole he- battle was... It's just
0: insane. Yeah.
1: It's a somber place to visit, this base. Interesting and sad.
0: Yeah. That's... I mean, that's wild. You can see where the... Grenade detonated.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So after that, I tried some Blue Seal ice cream to raise my spirits. <laughs> ice cream is always good for that. Yeah. Blue Seal is an Okinawan ice cream company. It actually started with the U.S. military. When they were occupying Okinawa after the war, there was a company that sent dairy goods to a military base, and that eventually became Blue Seal ice cream. Okay. They have like a tagline that's... uh born in the U.S.,
0: raised in Okinawa, or something like that. That's a very fitting snack to raise your spirits after watching the carnage of a battle, eating the ice cream brand spawned from the economic recovery after the war.
1: Sure. Didn't think of it that way when I was eating that (laughs) ice cream, but yeah. Let's see, what did I do next? I stopped at this amazing place for lunch. So they sat me down next to this Japanese garden, like, I have my plate in front of me, and right on the other side of my plate is this big Japanese garden outdoors wow. I could just sit and watch. It That's cool. Very pretty. And then I went to Shuri Castle. And if you listen to our Castles episode, you may remember that I was very excited to go to Shuri Castle. But then the week before my trip, it burned to the ground. Yeah. Wow. So what What did you see? What could you see? There's kind of a big complex around the castle. So, you know, you can see the gates around it and the walls and there are like kind of minor temples and stuff around there. Couldn't get into the main area, obviously. Mm -hmm. But also right down the road from there, there's a place called Tamaudun, which is a royal mausoleum for the kings of the second Shou dynasty, built in 1501 to re-entomb the remains of King Shou-en. It's a very cool place. Okay. That's some pretty old history there. Mm Mm-hmm. Impressive place got these three tombs. You couldn't go inside or anything. But even just to see that, something that's been sitting there for so long. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: And I wandered around Okinawa, or Naha, Okinawa a bit more. Uh, I had some good food that night for dinner. Some Japanese beef, which as you know, I always enjoy. I tried these things called sea grapes. This is another Okinawan thing. It's a type of algae. It's It's very strange. I'd never seen anything like this before. It's like these little strings And on the strings are all these little balls, little, little tiny balls, almost like the size of fish eggs. Okay. And they pop in your mouth and, uh, I don't know, it has a very mild flavor, slightly seaweedy, I guess. Okay. They're, I don't know, it's weird. Oh, wow. That looks really
0: interesting. I want to eat that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're good. You know, I, I always just look to try anything that looks unusual especially if it's a local specialty or something. So that was fun. Yeah. Anything
0: you haven't tried before, always worth a go.
1: Yeah. The next day, I took a bus up to the north end of the island to go to the Churaumi Aquarium, which was awesome.
0: That's a pretty famous one.
1: Yeah. They have the biggest tank in the world, I believe. The Kuroshio saltwater tank, where they have two, not one, but two whale sharks. Those guys are big. Wow. That must be a
0: huge tank.
1: Yeah. And giant rays in there. And multiple schools of
0: fish swimming around with all them. Crazy. How big was it, that tank? Was it, like, bigger than a football field? Like, longer than a football field, or? No. No. It's like, were the sharks just swimming in circles? Or did they have Basically, room to swim around? they're swimming in
1: circles. I mean, okay. they had room. Like, they're not crammed in there to like they where they can't straighten out or anything, but it's not a ton of space, you know? Okay. I have mixed feelings about zoos and aquariums and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It is sad, but just felt like I had to visit, you know? And there were some amazing animals there that I'd never seen before. They had a moray eel. They had a type of scallop that looks like it has lightning running across the edge of its shell, but it's just able to focus the ambient light in such a way that it looks like that. It's Really crazy.
0: Oh, wow. I wonder if that's like a defense mechanism. It looks like it's electric, so everything yeah, stays away. I would assume so. Oh, well, that's wild.
1: Yeah. They had a dead giant squid. Those oh, things wow. things are giant, man.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Those are like some of the weirdest things.
1: Yeah. Just a lot of amazing stuff that I hadn't seen before. So if you're in Okinawa, make sure to check out that aquarium. Then after that, I wandered around. The area around the aquarium, because they have the building that's the aquarium, but then around that there's this huge park with all sorts of other stuff to see out there. I checked out this cafe where I tried another Okinawan specialty, taco rice. Taco rice? I assume this is also very much related to the U.S. occupation, because this is strange. It's like a little pile of rice and then taco meat on top of it, and then they just had some like lettuce and peppers and whatever
0: with that okay okay. it it was strange but tasty it's like a taco on rice instead of a tortilla
1: yeah pretty much (laughs) not bad yeah walked along the beach beautiful of course they had a sea turtle pool saw some sea turtles swimming around i need to go faster (laughs) that's what you said last time (laughs) i know i tried to go faster but i feel like i still need to speed up okay they had this uh native okinawan village where you could see how people lived in Okinawa hundreds of years ago. That was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. They had a place called the Tropical Dream Center. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to check that out, but it's like uh, they just have a lot of tropical plants and flowers. Looked like a really pretty place, but I could have spent a whole other day in this same area, just in this park around the aquarium. There's so much to see. I spent a lot more time there. That's cool. Yeah. So I took the bus back to Naha. I had another Okinawan specialty, which is Goya champlu. Goya, they call it bitter melon. It's this little gourd sort of looking thing. It's all bumpy and green. Okay. And it is a little bitter, but in a good way. It was pretty tasty. And they stir fry it with these little pieces of ham or something and eggs. Okay. Went to bed. Got up. Next day, I took a boat to Tokashiki Island, and I spent the whole day sitting on the beach, and it was awesome. You know, whatever people have in their heads when they think tropical island vacation, like, oh, I'm just going to sit on the beach sipping Mai Tais or whatever, that's what this looked
0: like. I was like the ultimate tropical, I'm on a beach just enjoying the heck out of myself. Yeah, and on the edge of the beach, you could walk through the woods a little bit.
1: The rainforest, really. Does that count as a tropical rainforest, I wonder? If it gets enough rain, yeah. Yeah. I walked up to this observation tower where you could get great pictures of the beach and the surrounding area. It's just a oh, nice. mind-blowingly beautiful place. I tried some Okinawa soba. So the beach is right by this little tiny town, even a village. It might not even be big enough to be called a town. And I walked into this place because I was hungry for lunch. And there was this super nice little old Okinawan lady that like ran the place with her husband and she made me some Okinawa soba. And She was so nice, even though my Japanese is terrible and she didn't speak like any English, but we we got along. She was like laughing and patting me on the back and stuff. So nice.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Had a good time.
1: So yeah, beautiful beach. Not much else to say about that. Got back, had some ramen for dinner. Of course. And that was my last day in Okinawa. So next day I took a flight to Fukuoka. Of course, I had a bento on the flight. And that, actually, I got a special Okinawan specialty bento. Ooh, nice. Filled with all that stuff, most of which I had already tried. But, you know, a nice little farewell bento for Okinawa. Yeah. So I got to Fukuoka, wandered around, saw the Fukuoka Castle Ruins. So they don't have the full castle there, obviously, if, if it's called ruins. And, you know, we talked about the main keep, the center kind of most important part of the castle. Yeah. They're not 100% sure that Fukuoka Castle ever even had a main keep. Oh, Isn't interesting. That weird? Yeah. Yeah. Recently, they found some things that suggest there may have been one at some point, but jury's still out. They're not 100% sure. How long ago did it get destroyed? I didn't see anything that said exactly when this castle was destroyed or even why it was in ruins. But it was built starting in 1601, so not like super long
0: ago. I'm kind of surprised they didn't have better records of what went on there. Well, there might be a lot of mentions about the castle, but not necessarily describing exactly how it was built or whatever. Yeah. Everyone around the area probably just knew that and took it for granted.
1: Yeah. So there are just a few remaining structures there. But the ones that were there were pretty cool looking. Got some pictures of those. I think I posted one of them on Instagram already. Uh, Uh, And then I wandered around Fukuoka some more. There's a beautiful park there, Ohori Park, that has a Japanese garden on the side of it that I went to that is amazing.
0: Nice. And Fukuoka is a pretty major city, right? Yeah. That's like a million-person city or so. I don't know what the population is, but it's a decent-sized city. one of the bigger cities in Japan. Yeah.
1: Um, That night, I tried a Fukuoka local delicacy. They are the birthplace of Hakata Ramen, which is known in the rest of Japan as tonkotsu ramen, my favorite kind Ooh, of ramen. Ooh, yeah. Made with a, there's a broth made with pork bones. They boil them for a really long time, and it's just real fatty and thick and awesome. Tried that. It was tasty. The next day, I went to one of the six sumo tournaments. It happens each year.
0: Ah, oh, I can't wait to hear about this. That must have
1: been so cool. It was super cool. So the tournament itself is 15 days long. I bought a ticket for one day. That means that I can go there for the entire day. It starts at like 8 a.m. Or the building opens at 8 a.m. First matches started probably around 8.30 or something,
0: I want to say. I mean, that's pretty soon after.
1: Yep. And then the whole day went up until 6
0: o'clock when the final match was over. And now it wasn't busy at the start,
1: right? No, there was almost nobody there at the beginning. So I walked right down there, got a bunch of pictures of what the stadium looks like. And I mean, it's pretty much empty. I even got to sit right down at the front for like the first half of the day until like 2.30 p.m. They said I could sit down there. Wow! And it was so cool. Even though in the first half of the day, it's just the lower divisions. The very first people that came out, it almost looked like high school age guys or something. They probably were. Yeah. But it was still fun to watch. And as the day went on, they got bigger and more experienced looking and it was really cool.
0: So, there was a roof over the ring, right? Yes. To make it like a Shinto shrine. Exactly. How big was that? Like as big or bigger than the ring itself? About as big. Okay, wow. Yeah,
1: substantial. You know, just looking at it, you can imagine. We talked about how heavy those things are. Yeah, I don't like remember exactly. thick what it was. wooden
0: beams. Yeah, they're as big. It's impressive looking, for sure. How high is it? Is like 20 feet above or something? Um... Like- like it, somewhere around some, there. Ab- enough above that you're not really like noticing it while you're watching the matches and stuff
1: yeah high enough above that even if you're sitting in the very back at the very top of the seating area you can see the whole ring no problem okay know? okay how
0: high is that i'm not good at judging distances um that looks like 15 20 feet high or at yeah. least the parts hanging down the main structure is probably at least 20 feet high. Yeah. They have like some banners and tassels hanging down. That looks really cool though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know that when you focus on the roof on the picture like that, it almost makes the super wrestlers look small.
1: Yeah. It kind of does. <laughs> <laughs>
0: how big were those like later in the day when the big boys came out? Like how big were those guys? They were big. Like They're very big. Shockingly big. Well, later in the day, I mean, I had to go up to
1: my seat that I paid for, which was pretty much at the very top. So these guys are pretty far away. Okay. I didn't have a great reference point, but a guy will get up there and you can just see in relation to the guys that you've seen wrestling before him, you're like, that guy's freaking enormous. When we were researching the sumo episode that we did, I remember reading about this Bulgarian, I think he's Bulgarian. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, this you're guy that's about. like six foot three, just a monster of a man. And I saw him, he actually lost to a guy that was quite a bit smaller than him. Oh, wow. But yeah, I mean, later in the day, you could tell those guys were giants. Wow. Yeah. So let's see, I had a few things here I wanted to mention about the sumo day. We talked about the mawashi, the little loincloth sort of thing that sumo wrestlers wear. Yeah. Early in the day, one of the lower divisions, I saw one of the wrestlers' mawashi start to come undone. Oh no, oh no.
0: It's disqualified if that falls off.
1: Yeah, but it didn't fall off because the referee saw what was happening and he stopped the match in the middle of it and they had to like freeze where they were. One had the other one, they're all locked together. They're like grappled together, just frozen in position. And he he just stopped them and the ref came over and retied his mawashi and I was like, okay, keep going. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Ref's got his back. Yeah. The doyo, the clay ring on which they wrestle... I saw multiple times people get thrown off of that thing. Yeah. And it's like a couple feet in the air, right? Yeah. Like some people fell hard and they would fall off of the edge of it down to the ground below it. And a few times I saw them like take chunks out of it as they fell. Wow. Because there, it's like a 45 degree angle down the side of that thing. Yeah. So if they slip off the top of it, they might just take a chunk out. Wow. And they had people that would come up and... Rebuild it. Basically, they oh, they oh, pack oh. some wet clay on there, and then they had a big wooden mallet that they would yeah. use to pound whack, it back whack, into whack. place.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So there are the five judges in black sitting around the doyo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as a spectator, you should never be between a judge and the doyo. Oh yeah, can block the that's view. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But even the wrestlers, as they walk between the judge and the doyo, they will like apologize
0: almost. To the judge. Like before the match or after the match? Yeah.
1: Well, so before a wrestler goes up to do his match, he's going to be sitting next to the judge. There's like a on-deck sort of area on either side of the judge. Okay. So as a wrestler is walking in front of the judge to get over to that area, he'll kind of bow and say something to him. But then as he gets up to climb up onto the dojo for his match, he'll do the same thing again. Anytime anybody gets between the judge and the dojo... They're
0: asking for permission or being like, you know, excuse me. That's really cool. Like reflecting that the judge's view of the match is a sacred thing. Yeah, totally. We have to get it right. Exactly. Sorry for blocking your view. I know it's a bad thing. Yeah. Even though there's not even a match. Like, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you remember in the Matsuri episode, we talked about how guys can get these big lumps on their shoulders from carrying the, uh, I forgot what it's called now. They carry around the little mini shrine that the kami kept yeah. in, and they form that big lump on their shoulder. Yep. One of the sumo wrestlers I saw had that lump. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have <laughs> pictures, I'll show you. And we talked about how sumo wrestlers get injured a lot, right? Yeah, I'm sure. It- I saw a wrestler that got thrown off of the doyo, and he just sat there on the ground for a second, getting his breath. And then he had to limp back over the doyo and climb back up it. Because at the end of every match, even if you get thrown off the doyo, you got to go back up there. You bow to your opponent
0: and then you can leave. Wow. So It's like cement probably you're landing on, like if you get tossed off. Maybe it's cement. I remember.
1: But yeah, I saw a few times people looked like they had gotten at least a little bit hurt. Yeah, I bet. So before every match, there's an announcer that gets up there and announces who's on each side of the ring. I noticed that the announcers would have different accents. I don't know if they were from different parts of Japan. Hmm. They say Higashi and Nishi, which is East and West, before they announce the name of the person on that side. Yeah, And just the way that they pronounce those words, I noticed very different pronunciations
0: of the vowels. Right, yeah, there's probably announcers from East and from West. Interesting. No, that's interesting that you could notice an accent in Japanese. Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, when you hear these same words over and over again, like probably hundreds of times throughout the day, you notice the little differences, you know? That's true. Oh, early in the day also, I was sitting real close, right? And there was a wrestler that was thrown off the doyo, ran out into the crowd. Like, there were no people sitting there that early in the day, but he was trampling on the
0: cushions that people were. <laughs> like, because his momentum, like, threw him that way? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> oh, see oh, wow. that
1: happen when there were people sitting there, but I wonder what would have happened because this guy was big, had a lot of momentum. He could crush somebody.
0: You see that in, like, basketball in America. Yeah, They're I guess. right on the floor. They're jumping into people or hopping over the first row and landing in other people's laps yeah somehow people don't seem to get hurt that often i don't really know how but yeah wow that's easy to get get hurt so some of those matches are over within like a second or two yeah they can be super fast what was like the longest one you saw
1: the longest one was definitely less than 30 seconds still Sometimes there would be a situation where the guys would get kind of locked together and mm-hmm. they'd just stand still for a little while trying to figure out their next move. But man, some of them would go really long, but they would be moving the whole time. Those are like the most exciting ones. You could hear the crowd really getting into it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was this one I remember where this guy got pushed up against the very edge of the ring. Like he's just balancing on that rice straw that's on the very edge, you know, trying to stay in. And then all of a sudden he manages to shift to the side and like get back towards the middle of the ring. And he got pushed to the edge like three times. And then I think he ended up winning. Wow. Like it was, that was really exciting. It can, <laughs> it's amazing how, even though these things can be super short, they're really exciting. And you always know there's going to be another one in like the next five minutes. It's yeah. it's a, it's a unique sport
0: and it's really fun to watch. A 20 second bout. Does it sound long? but it only takes half a second to throw someone on their butt. Yeah. So like a whole bunch goes on and almost happens in that 20 seconds Yeah, or it can be really wild. Yeah. You know, in the sumo episode, we talked about how they both need
1: to have their fists on the ground before the match starts, right? Yeah. So a lot of times you could see people using that to kind of toy with the other person. Like one person would have both of his fists down and the other one has one fist down And then he's just staring into his opponent's eyes as he like really slowly lowers the other fist. And as soon as it taps the ground, they just lunge at each other. Really exciting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And earlier in the day when they had the lower divisions, I saw quite a few times somebody would lunge before the other person's second fist had touched the ground. (laughs) And then the ref would be like, whoa, 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 reset.
0: (laughs) The young guys jumping the gun. Yeah.
1: Oh, also... I went outside, they had all these food trucks outside selling all sorts of stuff. And I got to try chanko nabe, the I thing was the sumo ask you, eat.
0: How was it?
1: It was really good, actually. So we talked about how they put different ingredients in there yeah. each day. Like there's all sorts of stuff. It's just a hot pot. You can throw whatever you want in there. So this was mentai mochi chanko. Mentai is haddock eggs. I believe that's the fish. And mochi, you know what mochi is, that rice... Dough sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's basically fish eggs wrapped in mochi in this soup. Okay. It's good stuff. I would eat it again. <laughs> that night I walked to a place in Fukuoka where they have all these yatai. Remember we talked about yatai? Yeah. So there are these outdoor food stalls, but it's not like a little stand where you walk up, you buy something and you walk away. It's basically like a little portable bar almost. They set them up outside. They had a big, long line of them. You could walk down this street and just check out all these different food stalls selling yakitori. And they all had beer, of course, and ramen or whatever different kind of stuff each of them was selling. So I got some yakitori and a beer. That was fun. Nice. And I stopped by this shopping mall in Fukuoka. And man, Japan, their shopping malls are awesome. And I wonder if they're doing a lot better than they are in the U.S. just because Japan is so much more of a pedestrian country.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, whereas all the malls are dying here. It doesn't seem to be that way yeah. in Japan.
1: Because in Japan, you don't have to drive to a mall, park your car, get out, walk around the mall, and then drive home. Like, you might just walk by malls all the time. Yeah,
0: they're just, like, near a busy train station. Yeah. So you happen to be there anyways. Yeah,
1: but they have these, and there are a lot of underground malls, Connecting train stations yeah, or yeah. around. A so you're train walking station. through a
0: mall, anyways, just on your way to wherever you're going.
1: Yeah, but this mall I visited is like an above ground outdoor mall. You know what I mean, where you like walk around outside. Yeah, it's like an open air mall. Sure, is that what they call them? I. That's what I call it. Yeah, that's what it was, and it was super fancy. They had like a fountain with a music and lights show, and I mean, this mall was enormous. I don't know how to describe
0: it, but it was was big. And malls in Japan in general, I find really impressive. So since you were there in November, did you see a bunch of holiday lights up already? Yep. All of the malls and department stores and stuff I went to in Japan
1: were pretty much always playing Christmas music. And you know, part of it, I find this kind of hilarious. A lot of the Christmas music they were playing is like hip hop or rap sort of style Christmas music. Interesting. Like it's... Modern sound in Christmas music, and a lot of them had really explicit lyrics. <laughs> but you know, in Japan, nobody understands the lyrics of those songs anyway, so they can talk about whatever they want. But like, really, you know, sexually explicit music playing in these malls is kind
0: of hilarious. But like, Christmas theme, Christmas songs. Yeah, it was the weirdest. Who stuff. makes these? I don't know.
1: I don't know. Wow,
0: interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah,
1: at this mall there was a Santa that did this performance with the lights and the music and
0: stuff is pretty interesting. Are the lights as cool as they sound? Really yeah. nice displays. Yeah,
1: I'll show you a video and I'll be posting some of this stuff on uh <laughs> Yeah, yes, Dow being like,
0: Look at this picture, look at this picture. No one can see any of the pictures except yeah.
1: me. Yeah, I wish we could have done a video podcast or something <laughs> for this episode. But the mall is cool and I went to other
0: malls that were also
1: cool. Japan just has cool malls.
0: Yeah. All right, so there's so much cool stuff you did. This is getting long. I think we need to do two parts on this. I agree. So join us next time for part two of Jason's trip to Japan. Mm -hmm. And it should be even more fun than part one was. Or at least as fun. I don't want to get people's hopes up too much or anything. (laughs) You won't believe what Jason did in part two. Sorry, I'm... Like an internet clickbait title there. (laughs) Yeah, that was the word that was floating around in my head when you said that too, clickbait.
1: Anyway, yeah, uh, thanks for listening to
0: this episode
1: and look forward to the next one where we got a bunch more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.